welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Welcome to episode 12 of GYSB Talks. Guys, on this episode of GYSB Talks, we're going to be talking about the increasing prevalence of anxiety in today's society. And then we're going to talk about some meaningful strategies to help prevent mental decline. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, the goal of GYSB Talks, we want to bring information to women in this community that can help us get to the next level of optimal living, right? And when you think about optimal living, the state of our mental health plays such a huge role in our quality of life. You know, as I think about the pandemic and the impact of that experience, the isolation, the fear and insecurity that many of us experienced during that time, those past two and a half years, it played a huge role in increased mental decline. And while we are heading back into some of our sense of normalcy, whatever that means, <laughs> um, anxiety and depression are still really hitting folks hard. And so I felt it was important to talk about this here in my community. And today we are joined by my friend, Dr. Chandra Smallwood. Dr. Chandra has over 10 years experience as a pharmacist. She began her career as a pharmacy technician after completing her BS in health promotion, disease prevention at the University of Southern California, USC. Go Trojans! Woohoo! <laughs> after working as a pharmacy technician for two years, she returned to USC to complete her studies obtaining a PharmD. Now, I wanted to bring Dr. Chandra on the podcast today because she is very passionate about raising awareness on mental health issues and specifically anxiety. So Dr. Chandra, welcome to GYSB Talks. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here. I'm glad that we're having this conversation. You're a pharmacist now, and I want to ask you why anxiety is a topic that's so important to you. I'm very passionate about helping um, women, all women and men really, but my focus is women and minority mothers um, because I dealt with it for so long, for over 20 years. Oh, wow. You know, starting in college, um, I'll never forget on January 1st, 2000, mm -hmm. I was in my freshman year at USC and me and my high school sweetheart actually went to college together and we moved in together because we thought it would, it would be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was New Year's. When New Year's hit, all of a sudden, there were, like, gunshots and this um, 
what do I want to say? Like this huge, like rifle shots, like right outside of our window. Mm -hmm. And we were on the ground and I had my first panic attack. You know, I really didn't know what was happening. I was, I just kept saying like, seriously out loud, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Cause like my heart felt like it was going to explode throughout college. Like I would have the, I would have panic attacks. Um, you know, I don't know, pretty regularly, I guess. I mean, you know, in our 20s, our teens, 20s, because I, I started college, it, it was like, I was like 19 at the time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we don't really know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. Right. We really don't know what's going on with ourselves. So I just, you know, kept dealing with it. And fast forward, when I had my baby. Oh, wait, can I ask you a question? Sure, sure, sure. Were there like triggers? Did you did you know when the panic attacks were about to happen? No, oh. I didn't know. Like, um, what I was like, okay, like I like I could feel it coming on, but did I mentally know why it was happening? No, like a lot of mm. times, um, like so I had. Let me start by saying I had generalized anxiety disorder, which is kind of like anxiety all the time yeah about all kinds of different things right and then on top of that I had panic disorder okay um so I mean the panic disorder was a lot harder to deal with because it was so intense you know Mm -hmm. it just felt like I'm gonna have a heart attack I'm gonna die right now Mm -hmm. um so I could feel them coming on but I didn't know why like a lot of times I would wake up like in the middle of the night or I would be in the shower I would I would be doing something that was relaxing, but then all of a sudden I could just feel my heart start racing. Okay, so fast forward from college, when I started, I became pharmacy manager um, at a pharmacy in Los Angeles. I was in South Central, it's kind of a rough neighborhood. I didn't know I was gonna be pharmacy manager. They kind of like put it on me, like, hey, mm-hmm. this is, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> It was rough. It was it was rough, you know, to say the least. I was on the corner of King and Western, okay. um, you know, brand new pharmacy, and I got a lot of like slack at first from people. It was very, very, very stressful. And at that point, I I couldn't really, I couldn't manage the anxiety at all. Like I was like, I can't work. Like I would get off of work, like to go to the doctor to get like to try some medication. I would lay on the couch and think to myself, like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't live this way. Right. I, I just, I can't continue. Like, it's it's literally going to kill me, you know, because all that stress just decreases, you know, life. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it does, it impacts your whole body. Yeah. So um, that was probably one of the most traumatic times. And then the last really traumatic time that kind of changed everything for me is when I had my daughter. Okay. Um, because I had her on March 19th, 2020, the height of the pandemic in California. Yeah. I went into the hospital. No one was wearing masks. Like it wasn't a big concern. I came out of the hospital and I'll never forget driving home with this baby and there are no cars on the road. Like no one is out. Oh, like the the uh, mask mandate, everything, the shutdown had just started. And so basically, so made a week after I gave birth, I was feeling like off, like 
I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. My mom was there and she's a nurse. And I was like, you know, she's like, okay, let me listen to your heart. Cause my heart felt like it was going really slow. I would lay down and I would just feel it pounding out of my chest. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, she, she was like, okay, your heart sounds fine. She took my blood pressure. My blood pressure was sky high. It was like 180 over a hundred. Me being a pharmacist, I know, okay, this is an emergency. If you have a baby yeah. and your blood pressure skyrockets up, it's time to go to the hospital right now. Yeah. So that that's what I did. And basically at the end of it all, I couldn't keep my blood pressure down because of the anxiety of everything. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew that be, because I went in, I had ever, all the workup for preeclampsia. I went home, I came back the next night and they gave me an anxiety medication and then my blood pressure started coming down. Okay. So that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like a lot. I mean, getting out of the hospital and driving through what looks like a ghost town and you've got a new baby. That's... <laughs> Yes. That alone just is strange, right? And so then you've got, on top of that, you've got, was it a panic attack again? Or was this just like more generalized anxiety? Well, it wasn't a panic attack. It was at that point, I was really nervous about my blood pressure. I mean, I had never had high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. not during my pregnancy, not before the pregnancy. So you know, as a medical professional, I was like, whoa, I'm on mm-hmm. super high alert. So my mom took it again later and um, it was still high. And so I went back. Okay. But to answer your question, I want to help other women like identify, treat it. I mean, you can't really get rid of it, but you can control it. Um, oh, so you can't get rid of anxiety? No. You can get rid of an anxiety disorder, but anxiety is actually a wonderful thing. It's a part of our life. It's a part of who we are. It's something that we want to have. It's the thing that pushes you to, you know, to strive for your goals and your dreams and, you know, be a leader, that little bit of nervousness that, you know, helps you. It actually makes you like you can see sharper, you can hear better, like it helps you to survive. It's it's the fight or flight. It's your sympathetic nervous system kicking in, which is fine, which is what should happen. You know, more people would probably, I don't know, get hit by cars, like random things would happen to more people because they wouldn't have that extra sense of, mm-hmm. wait, I gotta, I gotta move now. I gotta do this now. But then, but sometimes that cycle, it just keeps going even when there's no more threat. Got it. Then that's, a disorder and that's bad and that can be managed i was listening to something i think it was a podcast the other day and the guy was saying that when you're starting to feel anxious it's not always a bad thing just like what you were saying and that's why i agreed with you he said because you really have to start looking at and not the disorder part of it but when you're starting to feel anxious you have to start looking at are you in a situation that is not in alignment with your values? Are you um, in a situation like you just said that is unsafe? And so he was saying, like you just said, that's why it's okay to have sense of anxiety, not the disorder, but a sense of anxiety where you're, it's like your body's telling you something. It's like a natural warning system that your body is, is telling you you know, this isn't in alignment with your values. This is a place that you shouldn't be in because it's not safe. 
So yes, it does. It can help us. Yes, totally. I 100% agree. It's like your brain is yelling at you. Mm -hmm. And at some point, people have to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that I really had to do. And it really kind of changed my life. Like it was like a gift and a curse. Because I was like, to be like honest, I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in. Okay. I was in a situation. I mean, it wasn't abusive or anything like that. Um, he was a very nice person and everything, but the issues that we did have were definitely not in alignment with what I needed and wanted and saw for my future. Mm -hmm. So the anxiety kind of made me in that relationship. I kind of had to pick myself. Mm -hmm. And if I never had all of that, you know, I never, I never would have happened. That's so good. Can you, can you just kind of stay there for a second? I love when you said it was like, you know how people, that's a bar. You had to pick yourself. Like, just kind of go a little bit deeper there for me. What what do you really mean by that? Well, it's kind of like, like, well, in this, in, I'll, I'll stay on the aspect of having a relationship. Like, you know, he, like, he was a really nice person, a good guy. Sure. But... You know, I all I'm I've always been like super motivated, want to work really hard, like save for retirement, like kind of keep my my myself in line. And he was 100% the opposite. Mm. And to myself, how am I gonna wait? What what's gonna happen in if we get married and I have planned and saved for retirement? And he hasn't. Like, what am I gonna mm. do? Am I gonna like? Am I going to take care of him? Like you're going to share, <laughs> right? We're going to share. Like, and what what happens if I have um, a heart attack or something? Or I can't work. Like, who's going to take care of me? If if it right. can't be this person, then who's it going to be? So I mean, I'm like thinking to myself, wait, I'm I'm saying that I'm staying in the situation with someone who cannot take care of me and who really isn't putting in the effort to make sure that everything would be taken care of just in case, because you do have to plan. You do. You know, just in case. That's the Absolutely. whole point of having insurance. So the fact that I was feeling like that, like, okay, I have this anxiety disorder and I'm feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack every other year and I don't know what's happening. And I have a person who's super nice and sweet and everything and he's enjoying life, living his life. And, you know, we're, we're financially not really equal. Right. It, it was, it was, it was a lot. So yeah. at that point it was like, you know, I got to go. Even if we have a child together, I have to go. You know, I don't want my child feeling what I feel. And I have to be a great example for her at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And if I'm unhappy, you know, what does that say to her? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I love it. And our, our kids, they say they, they sense and pick up on everything. They pick up on everything. And as you know, like part of my story, like I lost those 50 pounds in that relationship that I had when I started picking me, when I focused more on me and I left that relationship that wasn't great for me. And my son was watching the things that were happening in that relationship that weren't healthy. And I had to decide like, what do I really want for my future? What do I really want for my kid's future? And so when I decided I want something better, I'm going to choose me, 
then my life changed and I left that relationship. And look at me now. I mean, it's not perfect, but I've got a great life as a single lady and it's fine. So that's why I wanted to stay there for a second because I just really want, wanted people to really hear that, that you, you chose yourself. Right. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we only, we have ourselves. That's all we have. That's it. And we've got kids to raise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, mom mode just kind of kicks in. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. Right. (laughs) So with, with anxiety, what's the difference between anxiety and depression? Um, okay. A lot for the, okay. Okay. When it comes to someone like being depressed, um, they tend to feel sad a lot of the time. Like they don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to talk to anyone. Like sometimes they can't make it out of bed. So is it kind of like just they're numb? Yeah, they're kind of numb. They have problems sleeping. Sometimes they sleep too much. Like those are people who can sleep all day Mm. hours you know okay um and do this often when it comes to anxiety anxiety is is like is worry and fear like not all the time but very often so like say like people that have social anxiety sort of like they don't have a problem with going out like they want to be social they want to go out but when they get in those situations you know, they start, they start feeling tense about different things like being judged or Mm. embarrassed or like they're focused on, they're focused on a lot. Like they're, they're just like really like, like they're not at ease. Okay. Um, So, I mean, when you, it, so those are the main differences, like anxiety is like ramped up and depression is kind of the other way. Okay. But, but they do run together a lot. Mm-hmm. And someone can have a de- depressive disorder with an anxious distress. Um, and a lot of people that have depression have anxiety at times. Okay. Okay. So when you think about the high rate of suicide right now and suicidal ideation, that can come from anxiety or that can come from anxiety and depression or just depression? Um, that's, that's kind of a hard question to answer. Because... And I asked it weird. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, that was, <laughs> no, 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 that was fine. No, the reason why I say that is sometimes people don't know that they're depressed when they have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to say, like, I mean, cause there is like people that have anxiety, have increased risk of suicide and suicidal ideation, so do depressed people, but it's it, it goes more hand in hand with depression. But so I mean, so it's hard to say because mm-hmm. I mean to be depressed, like you don't. Sometimes people find out they're depressed because how other people view them, like they don't really realize. Okay, so, especially since we sometimes depression is just a part of most people's lives. You know, we may feel depressed you know, a day every once in a while, something bad happens, you have a bad day, you feel like down, you but know, that's not a disorder, right? It's not yeah. depression. Depression is you've you this has happened to you for months on end, like, at least six months for some things over two years. Okay, like this is a continuous thing. Okay. So, um, 
so yeah, it's hard to really see the difference between the two at times when you're like you yourself, you know what I mean? Because anxiety mm -hmm. also makes you like you worry about having anxiety and then you like if you're sad you're like worried about being sad like why am I sad like what yeah. is happening so it just gets kind of mixed up I see so what are clients right people in your community what are some strategies you use to help prevent mental decline um they're gonna sound very cliche but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay Sometimes but, it's the simple things, you know, that we need to focus on. No, really, it is. I mean, they're the hard things. Um, to me, the number one way to to decrease mental decline is food. What we eat, oh, okay. what we eat, is so important. Mm. So there's this diet called the Mind Diet for Alzheimer's mm -hmm. prevention. So Alzheimer's is, you know, it has a lot of dementia. It's a disease of mental decline. Um, so it's a mix between a Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet, which is a diet used to work with people who want need to decrease their blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, it's just a super healthy diet. Okay. Like number one on that diet are green leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. A minimum of six servings a week. A week. Okay. Then you have nuts five servings a week, berries, two servings a week, beans, three servings a week, and then whole grains. And I mean, then it goes down from there. But if you, I mean, if you pay attention to the diets that like decrease inflammation, things like that, like it's all very vegetable heavy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also being physically active, you know, cause we have, we have to keep moving. Um, it helps us to manage our stress which decreases cortisol and really we need to just keep down the inflammation. So yeah. being healthy keeps out inflammation, um, sleeping well, being super social. So um, mild cognitive impairment, which is like a slight change in memory and thinking skills. I, mean, I don't want to say this because it makes me feel like I may have a slight mental decline. It's like forgetting conversations or like placing <laughs> items like, I lose my keys every two seconds. So. Me too. <laughs> I think I'm like, it's my age. <laughs> and this can be like one of the causes can be depression or anxiety. Um, so really, if we focus on just decreasing mental decline, we just really need to focus on just really, really being healthy. Yeah. You and I, I mean, yeah. you and I met, you've been working out for a while. You and I met first in, in gym, in the same gym class. I mean, we didn't like talk, mm -hmm. but I remember when our mutual friend met you, they were like, oh yeah, you guys know each other from the gym. I was like, oh, I know that lady. She used to <laughs> go hard in the gym. I used to watch her. She was a beast. <laughs> like, so you've been, you've been working on, on yourself for a long time. I mean, that was years ago and I know you still are working out too. Um, so definitely, you know, fitness and, and dancing, you know, I love yes. to dance and that definitely helps increase my mood. Um, it makes me feel good. I dance mm -hmm. every single day. I mm -hmm. encourage people to dance, you know, even if you're doing it in private, like I'll dance anywhere, but if people, you know, are a little insecure and they don't want to do it in public dance when you're washing dishes, like it seriously does something 
wonderful for your spirit. Yes. I, I highly encourage yes. it. Yes. Yes. Staying active. When I used to work out, you no, know, first I want to say, look, when, when we were in class together and yeah. I, when I was pregnant, I would jump rope, um, you know, cause it was, it was easier to do than some of the other exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to think she's going to, this girl over here jumps rope super well. She's going to look at me like that girl can't jump rope. No, never. <laughs> Just happy to see people doing it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I know you're so super sweet, but, oh, at, um, when I used to work out at the beach, there was this lady who would, I mean, every time we were there, she was just out there just dancing. She had her headphones on, Mm. she was out there dancing. And my trainer was, was telling me that she has done that for years and that she used to be a lot bigger. And then she, you know, she was, she slimmed down a lot and she was just out there dancing every day. Wow. Just like every day up and down, like there was a, um, like a, like a concrete, like ramp that goes down, you know, they would drive cars like down to the beach area from the street. Yeah. You just go up and down there just dancing and moving. And it, it just was so relaxed. And I was like, you know, women that don't want to work out, they can just do this. And then she looks so happy. Yes. Stressed or she's not, you know, doing like a million pushups or anything like that. It was, it was such like a nice way to see someone work out. Yeah, it's it's just movement. And it's like, it's a spiritual thing. And, you know, it's funny because when I when I hike, I dance on the hiking trail. Like I just dance everywhere. And I was dancing in the grocery store the other day and this guy comes up to me and um he was trying to get some milk or something. I was like, oh, excuse me, I'm in the way. And he was like, man, you're just dancing. Like you're just loving life. And I was like, Aww. I'm doing my best. I'm just I mean, I'm happier when I'm moving my body and I'm listening to good music. And then when we were checking out, he, he was also behind me and he, um, he was like, well, I was getting ready to go. And he was like, keep dancing. Like that was just so inspiring. And so my thing to people is like, if you're inspired by what somebody else is doing, like, give it a try, Yeah. give it, give it a try. Like, there's a reason why you're inspired by that. Don't be embarrassed. You know, you can say something to them or you can just look at them and say, wow, that's inspiring and go and try it for yourself because it's it's amazing. And that's, you know, and sometimes people are scared of that, you know, they have the fear, but when it comes to anxiety, which causes a lot of fear, you, you, sometimes you have to just do it. You, Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. to face it. You can't run away from it. And when you face it, you, you feel more confident, you're happy you did it, you tried, you know, mm-hmm. you learned something new. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So, you know, I know that you have, you have some classes that, do you teach classes on anxiety or like a master class or something? So on Thursdays, I've been teaching a class for um, healing and living successfully with emotional triggers. Okay. Which is kind of, it's definitely based in anxiety, but it's really looking, take you taking a look at the past a little bit and how, and like kind of what I want to say, like how little parts of the past are kind of still with us. Okay. Um, because the body doesn't really forget things, but sometimes we just kind of tuck them away, you know, and, mm-hmm. but they come up in different different ways like sometimes people like someone new you may meet may bring up something that may trigger you 
Okay. And then what happened? You lash out at them and all of a sudden you're, you know, you, you could be at work, this could happen and you're, you're emotional and you're upset, but really this is a trigger that you've had that you kind of need to deal with. You can't really be mad at someone for triggering you because that trigger is your, yours and yours alone. Mm. So, you know, we need to at times look at those triggers and, and, you know, think about, Hey, I need to, I need to deal with this. I need to stop putting this on the back burner. So the class is really about ways to like live with them, like, no, Hey, this is a trigger for me, but it's okay. And these are the things that I'm doing that allow me to still, you know, live successfully, be happy, but be like, Hey, that's my trigger and it's okay. And not be mad at someone, you know, when, when, when they probably don't even know, Mm -hmm. um, that's without going into like the different steps, but it definitely plays a part in decreasing anxiety. The first step in there is really about anxiety. It's I'm teaching people how to breathe, like to do deep diaphragmatic breathing. Um, because a lot of times when you get triggered, like what do you feel like at first when someone triggers you, you feel anger or a rush of emotion. So at that point, it's like, okay, let me stop. Let me take a breath and then move on. Okay. So yeah, so that's what that class is about. And I have a program that's starting called the fear fighter program. It's a six week program. Um, focused on women and mothers and helping them to like someone that may suspect that they have an anxiety disorder or know that they do, but they don't really know too much about it. So we go through different things like sleep and food. And then I have different um, coaches and therapists that come on. Okay. And we talk about different aspects, like the six most common anxiety disorders, um, we talk about it in motherhood. We talk about it like specifically to women. And yeah, so that that is the focus to, because there's a lot of women that reach out to me and they're like, you know, I'm dealing with this anxiety and I don't know what to do or how to treat it. And sometimes people just don't want to take medication, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do, would this be something that would be good for somebody who feels like they may be dealing with postpartum? Um, I mean, depending on how their postpartum was, because postpartum is a dis- depressive disorder. Got it. Definitely. Be- that is one of the sections um, when I talk about motherhood. Yeah. Because a lot of women, and even if there's not totally like postpartum, they still, feel, it's still such a change in life to have a baby. Like your life, you have a new life. Yeah. You know? And that, that causes lots of anxiety. So much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Especially if you're, I mean, I know that finances aren't everything, but especially if you are not financially healthy, because I I mean, I was on welfare. I mean, big time. I was getting the the stamps and the WIC and all the things. And I just did not have anything. I had to move all the way back to, to Oklahoma with my parents because I was just flat broke. And I was, I think I was like full of anxiety and probably went through a little bit of depression as well, just being in the situation that I was in. So 
that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my first couple nights um, with the baby, which I don't know if it, it, you know, made my anxiety worse at the time, but I was sleep- up all night. I was like, wait, I have to feed her every two hours. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I was just staring at her. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm responsible <laughs> for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I feel like I can't go to sleep because something might happen. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's, a, it's a thing for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, what, um, how can people get in touch with you or stay connected to you? Um, I'm ha- I think I have my biggest presence on Instagram right now. I am at Dr. Chandra Smallwood. No, I'm at Dr. Chandra Lynn. I'm using my middle name on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also have a website, um, which is drchandrasmallwood.com. And I have um, links to discovery calls. So if anyone just wants to talk about anything, um, you know, we can talk about it. We can see like what your needs may be and okay. how I could potentially help someone or, or even just give advice. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I put your handles in the, the show notes and also a link to your website um, so that people don't have to like listen and try to like write it down. So I'll put it all down there so everybody has it. I want to, I would just want to add to, to anyone when it comes to eating, and vitamins and minerals, things like that, try to get as much as you can from foods, you know, from regular everyday foods and supplements. Um, also, if you decide to try any medications over the counter, let your doctor know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Don't just go grabbing things because you saw a commercial on <laughs> late night TV. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that happens a lot in the mental health space. Um because there's a lot or of sharing, out sharing there. medication because your friend has something and they're like, oh, try this. This will help. That's dangerous. Right. Right. It's dangerous. And it's also ineffective um, because a lot of medications, especially mental mental health mental medications, mm-hmm. take weeks to work. So even if, you know, that was an appropriate um, dose and everything for someone, they wouldn't know because they wouldn't take it long enough to actually know you know, if it was effective and then they might just, you know, sign it off. But yeah, I mean, definitely, there are definitely some that are more dangerous than others. That's for sure. Okay. Like don't go popping Xanax or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Cause those are called anti-anxiety medications. So please. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You hear a lot of that in music too. People taking all these pills. It's like, Oh, please don't listen to that. Anyway, going down a rabbit hole. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming on to GYSB Talks. And thanks for your inspiration all the time on social media. I love following you and being connected and on and off social media, I'd like to say. Um, But thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having this podcast. It's a a different time at this age, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This this auntie age that we're in. Look, I'm at the age where I could be a grandma and Lord knows I ain't ready for that. So (laughs) please give me a few more years before that happens. I mean, my son is, he'll be 23 in January, but I could be a grandmother. I could be a grandmother, but I don't feel like a grandmother. You know, I I feel like I'm, I'm still vibrant and still have a lot of life left to live. And that's the point of this podcast is to really make sure that, that people have the tools and the information 
to continue to have the best quality of life possible. Um, Cause we've got, you know, we're my, we, I might be in the second half of my life, but I've got a whole lot of life left to live and I want to do it and have fun and be, be br- vibrant as long as possible. So that's why the podcast exists. I just want people to be happy, you know, and joyful. So thank you for being here and, and providing this really important information. And hopefully people will follow you and continue to, to watch your videos and maybe sign up for your class or get your book. Um, but in the meantime, have a great day. I know you've got some fun things planned. So I thank you for being here and I'll talk to you later. And to thank those you. of you, yeah, of course. And to those of you listening to the podcast, thank you. I will put a Q&A section here. If you want to um, add anything about the podcast, it'll be uh, available here. You can also DM me um, on Instagram or email me. I'm GYSBmovement at gmail.com. And then I am GYSB Movement on Instagram. Until next time, take care, everybody. Team GYSB, baby. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.